Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle-Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. For her 200th episode, Karen welcomes returning guest Dr. Stan Tatkin back to the show for part one of their conversation on his new book, Baby Bomb, a relationship survival guide for new parents. Part two will be released on October 26th, and a two-part conversation with his co-author, Kara Hoppy will follow on November 2nd and 9th. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, joining you here from Chaddock for another episode of the podcast. So today we are going to be speaking with someone who has actually been on the podcast before, and that is Stan Tatkin. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him first. He's a teacher, a clinician, researcher, and developer of PACT, which is an acronym for Psychobiological Approach to Couples Therapy. When he was on the podcast before, he was one of our highest downloads. So he is a very popular person with folks who listen to the podcast. He's an expert on human behavior and couple relationships, and he speaks and teaches around the world on what he calls secure functioning relationships, how to understand them, how to create them, and how to support them. Previously, when Stan was on, he was talking about some of his books that relate attachment theory to couples work. Today, he's going to be talking about a new book that he wrote with Kara Hoppy, and the name of it is Baby Bomb, which is quite an interesting name. We'll have to talk with him about the choice of that title. So stay tuned. Dr. Tatkin is going to be joining us in just a minute to talk about his new book, Baby Bomb which is about the impact of having a child on the couple relationship. So, hey, Dr. Tatkin, welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Hi, Karen. It's good to see you again. I'm so glad that you took the time to join us here today to talk about a book that you co-wrote that released fairly recently here in 2021 called Baby Bomb. Yes, with Kara Hoppy. Yes. So I've been thinking a lot about this topic since I started reading this book, because I think that, you know, as a student of attachment theory, we think of parent-child relationships all the time. And I realized, and even, you know, marital relationships or couple relationships and how attachment relates to that, but I realized we don't think a lot about the impact of the baby on the relationship. That's right. Where I've heard a lot about this is more empty nest. Like, you know, this whole thing of after the kids are raised, couples can have problems because they don't, you know, they don't have a way to relate anymore. But in terms of what happens, like from the get go, I even did a search and there's not much out there. So this is really a needed book. Yes, it is very much so. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we get concerned, you know, working with couples uh, when they, uh, when, you know, they're, they're this dyad, that's primary attachment system. And then they entertain the idea of having a third, right? They're going to have another person and all the dynamics are going to change. They're not necessarily aware of it in the beginning, uh, but they're going to be. Um, the, the complications of having a third that is going to be managed quite differently in this, uh, in this beginning, right, period, the first year yes. at least, yes. uh, is, uh, can come as quite a, a shock to both parents, uh, to yes. the couple. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when we talk about, and we'll have you review these for our listeners, but some of these basic attachment tendencies that you refer to as anchor, island, and wave. So right. we know, we, I love those, and I, I would like you to explain those. And I'm also adding, you know, under stress, we do more of whatever tendency we have. And, and what could be more stressful than bringing a baby into the picture? That's correct. Well, you bring a baby into the picture and then you have different, uh, a different situation where now you have the labels mother, father. Uh, mother, father is really for the child. It's not for the parents, right? But it changes the dynamics yes. of let's say what could have been or what was girlfriend and girlfriend or boyfriend and boyfriend or girlfriend and boyfriend. Uh, now that changes. And the secondary parent uh, now has to find a place right in this triad yes. uh, and how they're going to do this with the lack of sleep and the changes in body and the changes in, in, uh, in, uh, in hormones and all these other changes that are going on rapidly. Uh, it's a lot. It's yes. a, it's a lot of load on the couple system. Yes. So tell us what it means, anchor, island, and wave, how you conceptualize those from attachment theory. Um, well, both of us, and I don't know if your audience is uh, as aware of attachment theory and, uh, and, and things like the adult attachment interview. So we know the true, uh, the true designations, the, 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 the nomenclature for these terms. But, uh, but we decided uh, to make it a little bit more friendly for, yes. the, for the general population. Um, and uh, so the, the anchor, this, this not theme here. The anchor is what we would ordinarily call secure autonomous mm -hmm. uh, in the adult. And uh, the wave is, uh, is ordinarily what we might call the anxious ambivalent or the angry resistant or the preoccupied um, mm -hmm. adult. Uh, and the, um, the island is what we would uh, often think of as the anxious avoidant um, or the dismissive derogating of attachment um, of values. Uh, um, or the distancing group. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, uh, th this is intended to help people understand themselves and to understand their partners a little bit so that they know how to give each other a break and not, uh, and not use these terms to bat each other over the head. Right. And unfortunately, you know, like all classification, you know, our tendency to classify our uh, experience, that's the human condition, right? We classify experience the best we can that can be used for understanding or it could be used, you know, to beat each other up with. 
Right. Even like um, in the book, you there's an example of the partner saying, you know, my love language is touch and you're not giving me enough attention. And, you know, so even from this idea, many yeah. listeners will be familiar with, you know, the love languages books and things like that. Um, yeah, that it can be used to understand or weaponize, you know. Absolutely weaponize. Yeah. So yeah. But that's not the intention. The intention is to help people understand that attachment is not the be all and end all, but attachment is a very important uh, um, uh, function in, in, in the human existential area of concern. Um, and that is that we depend on at least one person, usually through life, um, um, for safety and security. And that's what attachment is really about, safety and security, or the felt sense of safety and security, the perception of safety and security. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. And so uh, this is what we look at when we look at infants, um, their felt sense of safety and security, and we can uh, we can uh, measure it behaviorally in these moments of, of stressful moments with uh, the caregiver and the baby. But then in the adult, we can uh, we can measure this also in their similar behavior with their adult partners in adult mm-hmm. romantic relationships. And remarkably, the behaviors are are, are almost identical to what we see in childhood. Yes. Uh, because we are, after all, babies at heart, uh, forever and always. So, uh, so what we're looking at is a, a, a basically a, an adaptation to our environment or culture environment, if you want to think of it that way, um, which is a lineage, a, a way of seeing relationship that is uh, that is filtered down through the family, and uh, and and it can be as simple as whether the whether the parents. Uh, the culture is oriented towards relationships, or whether it's uh, oriented more towards the self, pro-self over pro-relationship. And we find that that insecure cultures or family cultures tend to be more pro-self in one way or the other too much of the time. And that gives ways uh, give, uh, gives way uh, to uh, an insecurity in childhood where the child must adapt to uh, to either the parents' need for clinging or the parents' need for independence at a too early of a time, mm-hmm. and uh, and so if if we're nothing else as uh, as human primates, we're adaptive animals, and so. So attachment is is not a personality. It's not a pathology. It is simply an adaptation to our environment. Uh, um, and what goes along with that is uh, is a, a sense of of either fear um, in on the insecure side, um, fear of either being abandoned, punished, uh, having someone disapprove, be angry with us, uh, withdraw from us, or engulf us, um, overtake us, um, interfere, intrude on our on our sense of autonomy and independence and freedom. And, and those fears are predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we label them not to not to designate somebody as always this, because this is a fluid situation. It can be, mm-hmm. it can change in relationship. It's all relational. But but we know that if somebody is an island, we can pretty much guess that there's a set of fears that they organize around, defend themselves around. And though those defenses are understandable, they're read as threatening to a partner. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So the way I defend against against a situation where I remember I'm going to lose my my autonomy, my independence, I'm going to have to be a tool for somebody else's needs, not my own. I'm going to have to comply. I'm going to have to, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, not be myself in the relationship because that's mm-hmm. problematic. That will cause problems for my partner who will see me as uh, dismissive or disinterested or indifferent, uh, distant, and so on. I'm not intending to do that. I'm just behaving this way because I'm afraid of what actually I'm af- I know what's going to happen because it's happened in, in my life. So I start to act as if it will happen again. And yeah. that creates a problem. Yeah. And when you came up with these more user friendly anchor island and wave, your idea also that you write about a lot is co-regulation and understanding your partner's nervous system. And so it's a way to understand what they might need in certain stressful moments, such as in in the case today, a baby making a party of two, a party of three, which I thought was really cute in the book. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that, that idea of needing co-regulation and how this understanding can help. Um, You know, I want to make it clear, too, that being an anchor doesn't mean you're not a difficult person. Um, All human primates are difficult. All human primates have certain uh, features um, that are part of the the way our brain operates. Uh, It's built in. And some of those features are also bugs, uh, especially when it comes to relationships. So this is a human condition issue. It's not necessarily uh, wholly an attachment issue. Uh, I just want to make that clear. I think that's a really good thing to say, because <laughs> I think we can, you know, be kind of discriminatory or think, oh, the, the person with secure attachment just has it all together. No. I, I heard one of my mentors said, you can be secure in your attachment and still be really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, there's no this. There's no perfect human being. Um, yes. we're, we're all perfectly imperfect, messy. Yes. Yes. Unreliable, moody, fickle, selfish, self-centered, impulsive animals. Yes. And that's just the way we are. Well, that's, that certainly is an important point to put in there. So I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> yes. So back to how it can make us more sensitive to the needs of one another rather than using it as, as a pejorative label when you're angry or something. That's right. Um, well, one pejorative label will beget another one uh, coming back at you right away. So that doesn't uh, help anyway. Um, but but there's a resource issue here when you when you uh, when you have a child um, for uh, uh, for the female at least to to this point, it's females that are carrying children. Um, uh, There are uh, a lot of stresses and strains, a lot of psychological burdens, a lot of um, a lot of psychobiological um, issues. And um, and 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 some of those are quite pleasant and delightful, but others are not. And uh, and there's always a problem with the secondary parent, be it a female or a male, understanding what it is like to be in that person's body, in that person's skin. And, uh, and, you know, I I think people can try to be um, uh, sympathetic. I don't know that they can be empathetic if they've not carried a child or uh, are experiencing that. Uh, And then also postnatally, the uh, uh, dealing with depression, some people, anxiety, some people, but exhaustion. And both uh, parents are going to be exhausted. It, It really takes 
you know, more than one person to raise a child. We're not really set for uh, one person raising a child. It, it's possible, it's doable, but, uh, but you know, there are reasons why um, whole villages would take over or extended families would be there to help or, or clatches of, of other women um, would get together and they would, they would uh, uh, have their toddlers together at the same time so they could interact and regulate each other. So the regulation of the nervous system here has to do with the resourcing of the primary caregiver. Is the primary caregiver resourced enough to be fully present and attentive um, for the baby? And so, uh, you know, we could think of the secondary parents, uh, you know, role here is either sharing um, duties, right? Um, breastfeeding, yes. no, but, but a lot of other duties, um, or at least regulating the regulator, regulating the person who's regulating the baby, um, and and that seems to 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 uh, to work if I you know if we think biologically in terms of of everyone getting resourced and of course the secondary parent has to has to get resourced uh, as well. But this is where the couple we're trying to do in the book we're trying to get them set for this so that they know how to stay a couple yes. while they are bringing in baby, mm-hmm. and that that the the couple uh, as so, uh, so often happens doesn't dissolve away and that uh and that the the uh and that they understand that the hierarchy uh remains the couple the couple uh creates the family the family doesn't create the couple and the couple has to uh, be good at 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 co-managing distress co-creating uh excitement and pleasure and uh and and also resourcing each other um um day to day so that they can now incorporate this other human being right who's really just passing through uh, true it doesn't feel like that at the moment it feels like that's all they're ever is and ever will be but they are really just passing through they're just passing through you you were a person before you were a parent that's right and and unless you're unless you're planning on on using your children as chattel and they're going to work for you the rest of their lives and that's what they do for you uh i think that's called slavery but um, you know, Child labor the, laws don't allow that anymore. Right. <laughs> the, the, the children are supposed to be coming to your party, right? Hey, we're doing really good. We're a great couple. We take good care of each other. We're good at parenting each other. You know, it's time to invite somebody to this. Um, that should be the spirit. Often it isn't. Right, right. People make all sorts of deals that they ought not to make, you know, in bargaining for having baby and uh, and then uh, without realizing or thinking about the downstream effects. And we're trying to help people think of the downstream effects. Yes. You know, one of the terms that you use in talking about relationships is a secure functioning relationship. And I want to ask you some questions about that related to this book. But first, share what your thought. What, What does that mean? What's a secure functioning relationship? Secure functioning relationship is behavior 
we're talking now not about secure attachment. We're talking about a behavioral contract, a social contract um, that is typical of good unions in a free society that that unionize under conditions of shared principles, shared values, shared vision, shared purpose. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, free and equal people are going to enter into these unions based on what we're going to get out of it and what are what guarantees do we have for our safety and security, right? Otherwise, why do we do it? Mm-hmm. This is very different than the way we ordinarily think about romantic unions. Well, I was just going to say this. I was just going to say this is not sounding very romantic, Dr. Tech. It's not. Purely functional. It's... It's it's um, you know it's uh, it, uh, um, uh, uh, was it man's uh, oh gosh I just can't remember uh, 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 the gentleman of uh, Victor Frankel Victor Frankel oh, yes. said the United States would be balanced if it had uh, uh, the Statue of Liberty on one side and the Statue of Responsibility on the west side right mm. um, that that we're very good on independence and autonomy we're not very good at uh, interdependency we're not yes. very good thinking of how we depend on each other um, for real things, real goods, real, uh, uh, you know, uh, protection. Right. Yes. And and uh, but for some reason, couple unions don't think this way. They go into it with all sorts of expectations, usually separate expectations. Uh, people go into it um, um, using the culture they grew up in, and they fail to co-create a new culture as adults. This is this is our fiefdom. This is how we're going to do things. This is mm-hmm. our relationship relationship ethos, our ethics. Um, this is how we're going to uh, navigate. And, and govern each other and everybody else. And it is a union, like all unions, based on conditions and terms. So when we think about romance, we're not thinking about conditions and terms. Yeah. We're thinking about mood, feelings, uh, love, lust, passion. And while that is part of the deal, perhaps, although in some unions it isn't, but it could be and should be for many part of the deal. You can't have those things if you end up setting up a system that is too unfair, too unjust, too insensitive too much of the time. You're going to go to war. You're going to set up conditions and memory of resentment, unfairness, Therefore, any love, romance, lust, passion you'd hope for is going to be uh, quashed because of threat. And this is the one thing that people don't think about, how easily threatened we are as animals. Right. And, uh, And if we don't play fair, if we don't set up shop properly, we're going to run into regular old human problems of selfishness, self-centeredness, impulsivity, right? Moodiness, yes. fickle, uh, uh, opportunism, all that, and uh, and then be surprised. Yes. And we shouldn't be. And we shouldn't be. So secure functioning is a system, like I said, of two equals, fully differentiated, to fully autonomous people who are in this because they want the same things, they're pointing in the same direction, and they're working together as a two-person psychological system, not a one-person system. Mm-hmm. 
And if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that sets the stage for overall feelings of safety that allow some of these other things to blossom. That's right. In other words, it's a purpose-centered relationship, not a feeling-centered relationship. Yes. And um, what do you think, how, how does bringing, it may be obvious, but I want to hear what you say. How does bringing a baby into the mix upset that? It doesn't upset it if the couple is if already set. Yes. Already started to, uh, to, uh, to co-create the architecture of their relationship. Yes. They have to do it explicitly. Most people do it tacitly. They just assume they uh, agree, but they don't actually go into the weeds. They don't actually get specific and do, do we really agree until, until something breaks down and then they fight. Right. I thought you understood what it means. And so all the more reason that a couple uh, has some kind of predicting and planning uh, before having a baby, some organization. Uh, if we do, if this happens, we do that. If that happens, we do this, and that we have some idea of what our roles are going to be, and that we uh, that we commit to our agreements uh, because we're going to need to uh, because we have a task. We have a task to raise a child. That's a couple's uh, project. That's not an individual project. Right. Right. And unless people are, are uh, organized, um, uh, the wheels will come off very quickly if they're not prepared for the amount of load bearing they're soon going to experience. Yes. So it's just being adult. It's just being smart. It's just it's just thinking ahead. It's just uh, doing the things that that successful people do. Um, we're going to do this. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, and let's plan for that. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I um, want to invite listeners to know that we are going to have part two of this interview. We're going to wrap up our first section here and we are going to be doing part two of this interview, which will release next week. So please join us as I continue my conversation with Dr. Stan Tacken co-author with Kara Hoppy. Hope I'm saying her name correctly. I did Google it and look for a video um, about their book, Baby Bomb. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchaddock.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchaddock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory. 